Kia ora. This is Newsable. I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. We're checking in with Chippy. The Prime Minister's in to chat and we've unintentionally got a bit of a gravy theme going on because we're putting National's public service gravy train claims to him, but then we're also talking pies later on in the show. And the stuff, National correspondent Charlie Mitchell's here to chat as well on how a lie spread halfway around the country before the truth had time to put its pants on. Guess what? Harry Styles is in town and we've tracked down his biggest fan ever. Spoiler alert, it's Lucy from Shit You Should Care about. And some people just want to watch the world burn, among them whoever commissions uh, audience surveys here at Staff. Um, we're putting life, limb and cholesterol on the line to answer the question, is steak and cheese indeed the greatest pie of them all? We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Well, it's uh, our first show today, as you know, and so our big boss put the harsh word on us. She told us to book a big guest. Huge guest. But the issue was that Harry Styles wasn't available. Mm. So we did get the next biggest name in New Zealand right now. And of course, I'm talking about uh, Prime Minister Chris Hipkins, who joins us now. Kia ora, Prime Minister. Kia ora, how are you? <laughs> Good, thank you. Harry Styles is too busy filling in a census form. so uh... <laughs> Exactly. We'll get to that. <laughs> we will get to that. Christopher Luxon's State of the Nation speech is government wasting money on contractors and consultants that it could instead be giving to families? Uh, look, this has been something that, that I have um, you know, had some concerns about for some time. I do think that the public sector spends too much money on contractors and consultants. No one, uh, I haven't changed my mind over time about that. But what we also know is that some of the areas where we're doing more work at the moment is in, are areas where they're often dominated by contractors and consultants. So if you take you know, the building and construction industry, the road building industry, uh, there tends to be a lot of contracted and consulted work in those kind of areas. And we're doing a lot more in those areas. And so that's been behind some of the increase in spend in those areas. And then, of course, we've had the, uh, the COVID-19 response, where a lot of that money is, is now gone. So they're, they're, they're sort of promising to pay for a policy by cutting funding, which in many cases has already been cut. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, an, uh, it's an interesting policy approach. Would you describe the public sector as a gravy train? No, absolutely not. And, you know, if you look at the growth in the core public service, so where, do, where have we employed more people? They're doing things like their extra correctional officers, so more people working in our prisons so that we do a better job of, um, of rehabilitating prisoners um, and turning them back out into society uh, in a state where they're less likely to be reoffending. There are people like um, social workers who are working for Uranga Tamariki, dealing with some of our most vulnerable children. Calling them bureaucrats and using sort of a lazy shorthand for attacking the public service really isn't going to get us anywhere. But Prime Minister, you know, on on that theme, an interview since his, his sacking the former chair of Te Whatu Order, Health NZ, Rob Campbell, you know, he's been describing the health system as a blocked digestive system. He says there are hundreds of uh, duplicated managerial or overhead style roles. And I know that these are separate issues, but they they share a theme. It's the sense that your government, the government you lead, is wasteful, that it has a, a lackadaisical attitude towards the allocation of resources. But what do you say to that? Well, I think that's exactly the reason we're reforming the health system. So having 20 district health boards, all with their own back office teams, isn't actually 
the most efficient and effective way of running the health system. So moving to one national health service, um, as many other countries, including the UK and others have, um, we can actually get greater efficiencies out of the system. But in the meantime, um, in the transition process, there can be a bit of double up. Um, but I think the health system that we get will actually be able to direct a lot more resource to the front line. So in that regard, I actually agreed with some of the comments that Rob Campbell was making. It is actually about making sure that we're making the back office as lean and efficient as possible so that the funding and the people and the resource can be directed to frontline health services. We're heading into an election year where the headline issue for many, if not most voters, is the cost of living. And this must be a worry for you in terms of whether you can continue to assert that you are best equipped to handle the economy heading into the next three years. Oh, there's no question the cost of living is biting uh, household budgets. I think everybody is feeling the effects of that. They feel the effect of it every time they go to the supermarket when they're paying their power bill. Um, you know, New Zealand families are really feeling that. And particularly, those families who have had a low fixed interest rate, for example, who have recently had to refix their interest rate, would have found that their mortgage repayments in some instances are doubling or more than doubling. And there's no question that for households, that's a, that's a really big change and they're going to really feel that. If you look at our overall rates of inflation, though, we actually have a relatively low level of inflation compared to other countries that we compare ourselves to. So lower than, you know, than the UK, well lower than the UK, lower than Australia. Um, so in that regard, you know, we do have to acknowledge that, you know, there are global factors that are affecting the overall level of inflation that New Zealand's experiencing and our priorities as a government is to support people through that. So that's why we've done things like, you know, reduced fuel tax, because we know that, um, you know, filling up the car for many families is something they just can't avoid to do. They have to get to work. They've got to get their kids to school. They have to fill up the car. So we can help to ease some of the pressure on the household budgets in that way. Um, we made some announcements earlier in the year, about, or late last year, I should say, about early childhood education, you know, helping to offset some of the costs for childcare. Um, increasing the minimum wage, something the National Party thinks that we shouldn't have done, um, actually helps the lowest income households with the increasing cost of living. And uh, Prime Minister, we, we know that you're a sausage roll man, but um, our editors here at Stuff have decided to ignite a civil war by arguing that uh, steak and cheese pies are the best kinds of pies in New Zealand. Um, would you agree with that assertion? And if not, um, I'm presuming that you won't because it's obviously wrong. What is the finest pie in New Zealand? In your I'm afraid. You, I'm afraid I, I might be losing your vote on this one. A steak oh. and cheese pie would always be my first preference. I don't mind a good steak and kidney pie. Um, <laughs> yeah, steak and kidney pie is good. Uh, but no, steak and cheese would normally be my, my first my first port of call if there are no sausage rolls available, of course. Naturally, it's the little bits of gristle that get me in steak and cheese. You know, sometimes yeah. you come across something. Oh that's like, no, no, but that's where you've got to get the balance right. You've got to get the right balance of. Of meat and gravy. Yeah. Uh, if it's too much gravy, it's just like gelatin, and that's just oh, gross. Yeah. Um, but if it's uh, if it's grisly meat, that's also no good. You've got to, it's like a, you you want like slow cooked steak in your in your steak and cheese pie, so that it just sort of melts in your mouth. Have you got a favourite spot for this <laughs> this glorious sounding pie, or is it just any will do? It's getting derailed. Isn't it? Actually, yeah, there no. is a fantastic pie shop in Upper Hutt, but I'm not allowed to endorse individual businesses <laughs> in a forum like this. Um, but uh, but that, I do I do frequent it when I get the opportunity. <laughs> Sage culinary advice there from the uh, Prime Minister Chris Hipkins. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Steak and kidney pie. Yeah, maybe down at the Cossie Club. Maybe. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen one in the wild. Really? A steak and kidney pie. I've heard it before. My grandma. Janine um, makes a really lovely steak and kidney pie, but it's better without the kidneys, in my opinion. So just a steak yeah. pie. Yeah. <laughs> you would go. Yeah, <laughs> 
Well, Cyclone Gabrielle left behind a huge amount of damage, of course, but contrary to what you might have heard in the thick of the chaos, it didn't leave behind an enormous death toll in the hundreds. 11 people are confirmed to have died in the cyclone, but rumours persist that many more, perhaps even in the thousands, uh, died as well. So how did these rumours start? And then once they were out in the ether, how did they spread so far so quickly? Stuff's national correspondent, Charlie Mitchell, has been investigating this, and he joins me on the line now. Kia ora, Charlie. Kia ora. How did this rumour get traction? Yeah, so it's actually um, completely understandable. You know, in the beginning, there were there were all these uncontacted people. And so in the beginning, you had these, these very, very vague rumours sort of flying around. A common one um, involved a helicopter pilot who had seen bodies floating in the water, then you started to get stories about this temporary morgue at the port, um, which did exist, but you would hear stories of people saying, I saw a bunch of bodies piled up. Um, and, and it's very much this like second, third hand kind of rumor mill started getting going on Facebook, particularly on Telegram as well. And, and yeah, it just sort of took off after about a week or so. Were there particular figures who were especially prominent in the spread of this, uh, I guess we'd call it, you know, disinformation, wouldn't we? One person that I, I sort of highlighted in my story is a guy named Tim Baker, who who doesn't really have much of a profile. He lives in Tauranga, and, and I think he has family connections to the Hawks Bay, so he came down to help out with the cleanup. Um, and, he, and he started recording these videos on Facebook where he just talked about the situation. Um, and he started basically suggesting that he had heard from his sources in emergency management that actually the death toll was was very high um, and it was not 11 which was being reported and as we're speaking is still the death toll. He was interviewed by Counterspin Media and, and Liz Gunn and, and people like that where he sort of repeated the claims again um, and, and that's how you sort of get this narrative building. You just have one person start saying it and then it's sort of taken as given everywhere else and and all of a sudden it's kind of everywhere. Charlie, just finally on this, you know, I guess the challenge here is where do we take this going forward? How do we prevent this sort of thing from happening? Or is it simply an inevitability of the world as it is? I'm pretty cynical about this. I, I don't think you can stop it. I think um, mm. it's out of the bottle now. I think what we can do is sort of point to this phenomenon. So the next time we have a natural disaster, people are, are sort of aware that this is likely to happen um, and that perhaps... If they hear these rumours flying around, then perhaps they could um, take some some comfort in the fact that um, it's not necessarily true. But 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 yeah, I I think COVID has really um, sort of led to this almost schism in reality for some people. Wow. On that bleak note, Charlie Mitchell, staff national correspondent. Thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you. That rumour was absolutely mm. everywhere. Eh? Everyone knew someone who'd then been told by someone on the ground that there were these bodies that people just weren't reporting. It was really overwhelming. People were asking us if it was true, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's a tough one, I think, because, you know, that's what we do. That's how we how we, how we we hear things. You hear bits and pieces of information and then you investigate them. And I suppose that's why... Uh, 
uh, journalists have checks and balances and verifications and so on and so forth. But it is a fascinating issue with the speed of communication these days. And I kind of agree with him. It's it's a bit bleak. I don't see an elegant solution to all of this. So I guess it's something that we're going to have to grapple with into the future. Anyway, Charlie's piece is great. Uh, dissecting where this rumour started and how it gained momentum and so on and so forth. If you want to read the whole thing, head to stuff.co.nz and we'll also chuck a link on our show notes page. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So, for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I'm going to apologise in advance for this little introduction, but I just simply could not help myself. Stop your crying. It's a sign of the times. Harry Styles fans are so golden because the pop star's performing in Auckland this week. That was terrible. I know. I said I was sorry. But we've got Harry Styles mega fan and objectively cool person Lucy from Shit You Should Care About to chat all things Harry Styles with us. Kia ora, Luce. Kia ora. Honestly, obsessed with the fact that that has become my brand. Like I talk about the news in a huge way, but Harry Styles has, and and I'm very grateful for it, become such a huge part of my whole being. <laughs> it, it is it is phenomenal, and I don't think you're ever going to escape it now. Um, what's your favourite Harry Styles song? Huge question to start off with. I am a big uh, little freak. Little freak. I'm a big little freak. I'm a big little freak fan. <laughs> <laughs> And a big little freak. <laughs> For those of you who aren't Harry Styles fans, Little Freak is a song, I do promise, on his latest <laughs> album. But I mean, Lucy is a little bit quirky as well, so yeah. that's fine. I am a bit of a freak. Um, you're obviously going. Yes. <laughs> the Aussies made him do a showy, right? So mm. what do you think New Zealanders are going to make him do? Like, legally, the census. But, <laughs> um <laughs> Or maybe like a shotgun with a with a spate. I'm from down south, so like maybe that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's maybe what you should do is take a census form with you. That could be your in. I just don't think I'd be the only one doing that. I don't think that's a hot hot enough take yeah, no. for me. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm not as big a fan as you are, but not everyone's a fan, right? So what's your Harry Styles elevator pitch for people who you think should just get amongst? That is a great question. I think if you're looking for someone or something to love that's really uncomplicated and you don't want to overthink it, just maybe let it be Harry Styles or let it be anything, especially if you're a young woman. You're allowed to love anything and don't let anyone shit on you for it. But Harry Styles is a good option. A great option. A very easy one. Very easy one to love. (laughs) Loved by all. Have you ever met him before? No, I did a podcast with his sister last week, so I feel like I'm getting very close. (laughs) Oh, that is the degrees of separation are closing in. I feel like this is your opportunity though, right? How do we get the two of you in the same place? We need people to be on the ground scouting, updating, I think. It needs to happen. Lucy, thank you so much for the Harry chat and fingers crossed for you, gal. Thank you. Can't wait. 
Right. Well, this is going to take all of our powers of um, audio description to paint a picture for listeners here. Emma, what, do you want to describe what the studio looks like at the moment? So uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six mm-hmm. brown grease-stained paper bags. Mm. <laughs> the reason that we have six grease-stained uh, brown paper bags in the studio at the moment is staff.co.nz, our employers, seem determined to launch a civil war um, by uh, doing this poll about whether steak and cheese is the best pie. The goat. Yeah, not the even, goat. Yeah, 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 the greatest of all time. The it's taking. Like, it's not even just best, it's greatest yeah. is <laughs> what it wants level. to yeah. know. But I don't agree with it. No, neither do I. You know, we need to remind ourselves what other pies taste like, obviously, so that we can make an informed decision the, when we do vote. The scientific method. 100%. Yeah, and so that's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> that one's steak and cheese there. Yeah, nice. Oh, she's cheesy. Oh, hello, look at that. She's cheesy. All right, pass your plate. Okay, Excuse you. fingers. Thank you very also, much. Also, I love the idea that we'd use knives and forks. Right. Cute. What? Okay. I'm also so hungry, so this so is So you're going, you're going hands, all right. Okay. Mm. Mm. Okay, that is good. This has a good cheese ratio. Mm. That's quite a lovely steak and cheese pie, actually. You're quite right. I'm going to um, follow it up with a mince and cheese, I okay. think. This is going to be. See, this, yeah, is, so this, this is the go. Okay, like, so we're on mince and cheese now, are we? We're on mince and cheese. Like, come on. Oh, that looks good, too. Yeah, right. It looks nice when it's cut up into quarters. I think oh. I like my pies to just be the same texture. Maybe that's why I prefer a mince and cheese over a steak. Couldn't agree I'm more. not chewing. I'm not overworking. The 100%. pie has done the work for me. Yep. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Mince and cheese for me is the go. Oh my God. I think I'm 90% pie. When was the last time you had a mince savory? Oh, mini mints. Outside of like a, um, you know, the. A catered get, event. A catered event. <gasps> yeah. Mini mince pie. Or like an, a public sector afternoon tea or something. Mm. Okay. Why don't they put cheese in a mini mince? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. This would be the goat. This, a mini mince and cheese pie, that is the goat of all yeah. pies. But do they exist? I don't know. Wow, that's oh. a good point. <laughs> Just dropped it. If you also want to get involved in the pie chat and hopefully you don't get as much... Uh, food all over yourself as I have just now. <laughs> head to stuff.co.nz to have your say. Is steak and cheese the goat of all pies? Yeah, nah. You've heard it here first. It's not. But, you know, if you want to, you, 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 you're titled, entitled mm. to your vote. You're right? in, yes. Can I you, tell you how to vote? You have the right to be wrong. We'll live with it. Yeah. You have to live with it. Well, we better get back to business and finish showing down on these. And I think producer Jono is probably chomping at the bit to get in here as well. Um, and so that's Newsable for today. I'm Emil Donovan. And I'm Imogen Wells. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on your favourite podcast player and leave a rating and review. It helps other listeners discover the show and we'd really, really appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media to stay up to date on new episodes and behind the scenes content and all things newsable. You can find us on Insta, TikTok and YouTube by searching newsable NZ or you can just email us newsable at stuff.co.nz. Have a great day. Bye. If you like this podcast, please support our work. Visit stuff.co.nz slash support. 
Hey, Chris. Yes. Do you want another very broad question? I've got a very broad question today. Go on, then. What do you know about sports? Up the wires. Go the Black Caps. And don't forget Premier League football. Oh, you do love a bit of Premier League footage, do. don't you? What team is it that you support again? Oh, the current champions, Manchester City. I think they pronounced Arsenal. It's pronounced Arsenal. Uh, but you know what's good about football? It what? They don't regulate soccer. I'm sorry. There's a sport that regulates sock height? Indeed there is, and it's cycling. That's very strange. Why on earth do they regulate it? Well, I know, but if you want to find out, you'll have to listen to the Big Stuff Quiz, wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Oh, that's a cliffhanger indeed. The Big Stuff Quiz is brought to you by Melbourne Every Bit Different.